0: For the old greybacks, vexed by his prisoner's lack of response, the sergeant instructed, "Follow me, young man. I have some questions I'd like you to answer." Brenton let himself be stormtrooped from the cell into the empty passage. He could hear the clicking of a distant typewriter as the thick brown doors flashed by. He noticed they had various names and crimes chalked on them. After three turns, the trio reached the interview room where Brenton was faced by a bare wooden table and two chairs set opposite each other. "'Sit down,' the sergeant ordered. Feeling he must keep up his bad-boy pose, the captive parked himself on one of the chairs, his legs oaring out in front, and insolently tapped his feet in an attempt to irritate the senior officer. His adolescent face curled into a half-smirk. The younger PC closed the door and remained standing by it, with his hands behind his back like one of those bellhops outside a flashy hotel while the sergeant wolf prowled about, forwards then back. Brenton knew this was the cue for the why questions, and he wasn't disappointed. Because after a few laps of the room, the sergeant demanded, Well, are you going to tell me what happened tonight, or what? I mean, how did this little incident get going? Did the other one start it? Did he provoke you? Maybe it was over some girl. Brenton silently replayed the answers to these questions in the cinema of his memory. This guy had insulted him in a pool club. A fight broke out, and the opposition opted for the asset of a snooker cue. With the prospect of a cracked skull in view, Brenton had decided to defend himself with one of those squarish beer mugs. He smashed it hard into the bastard's leg. Simple, really. But he decided to answer the sergeant's question in a rude boy style. "'Cause I didn't like the way the guy looked at me,' he said truculently." The police sergeant was taken aback at this smack-in-the-face reply. ''Is that it?'' he asked. ''Some guy gave you a funny look, so you decided to carve him.'' Suddenly he bawled, ''Who the fuck do you think you are, Brown? Do you think I was born yesterday? Something must have happened.'' After lowering his voice a little, he added, ''Now come on, Sonny. I don't think you'd have assaulted someone for no reason. Was he trying to nick your money or what?'' Brenton was annoyed by this shouting. He'll have to do better than that to scare me, he thought. And to prove the point, he decided to compete in the shouting match. No, that is not it, he bellowed. I don't like the idea of some guy beating my brains out with a fucking snooker cue. What do you want me to do? Sit there and say, thanks a lot, mate. Hit me with your snooker stick and I won't do the fuck all about it. Well, fuck you, man. I ain't lying down for nobody. The verbal fork in the eardrum stunned the sergeant. He wondered why Brenton wasn't fretful, apprehensive or remorseful like most youths whom he interviewed. Well, this isn't a bunch of roses for me either, he said grumpily. So for Christ's sake, can we get on with it so we can all go home? Brenton looked up at the ceiling, feigning sympathy as the officer continued. Now, Brown, perhaps you'll calm down and tell me your address. I've only got your name and I need more than that. You do understand, don't you? Feeling he had won some sort of victory, Brenton was ready to cooperate. He was gasping for a snout, so he asked, Got a cancer stick? With an air of impatience, the sergeant produced a packet of cigarettes. But before he offered one, he said somewhat brusquely, Address first, then you get one of these. Brenton's face was impassive. ''I ain't got no parents, man,'' he revealed quietly. ''I'm a half-breed bastard of sixteen and I live in a council hostel for kids coming out of care. I suppose you can call the duty social worker at Lambeth. They're used to picking me out of the shit.'' The sergeant glanced at his colleague with a frustrated expression on his face. Sixteen! Thank Christ they hadn't taken a statement yet. The court'd have him for breakfast for interviewing a minor without a chaperone.'' It was no fault of his. The kid shouldn't have been nicked on licensed premises. As he pondered what to do, he took stock of Brenton's appearance. He noted the semi-Afro uncombed hair, the light brown and blemished face below that was so full of satanic resentment, and the huge hands that seemed to be hewn from brown coal. Then his gaze shifted to the knitted pullover that barely covered Brenton's muscular torso, and the strong snooker table legs that filled his blood-stained jeans down to a pair of trainers that were mud-splattered and ready for the old trainers graveyard. We'll have to call a social.